This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It's the final segment here on a, let's just call it a difficult Monday in the Steel City, all right? Does that work? Mm-mm. And all across Steeler Nation, as we know, uh, our listeners. Doom and gloom, all baby. Over the place. It is doom and gloom on today's Monday. It just, it just, it just had to have the worst loss of the season. Had to have the worst loss in a hey, while. Hold on, it could be better, though. On a freaking holiday weekend. It could, it could always it could be worse. It could have been worse. I mean, it could be worse. We could be Lions fans. We could we, be We could have lost to the Browns like well, that. Well, that's true. We could have lost to the Browns like that. That would have been worse. Yeah, as odd as that is. Top three teams that you would not want to see the Steelers lose Lose to like that. Go. Browns, number one. Mm. Browns, Lions, and I'm going to throw Bucks in there as well. Because it's Brady. You don't want to let let Brady whoop you like that. Ravens, Browns, Patriots, I think would be my list. Because, see, like, part of me, I can see the rate. I wouldn't, I'd be like, yo, they had a game. You know what I mean? And, like, we do feel at times, like, yo, when they're good, they're really good. But those, At least we respect those guys. Yeah, yeah. Lions, you know it can't be. Browns, absolutely not. And the Bucks, it's like I said, because of Brady. Forget the Patriots, because I don't really care about them as much right. now that Brady's gone. It's a Brady thing for me. Uh, I'm going to throw the Eagles in there, too, because Ooh. I would just, my family, yeah, I'd have to hear it so. from, my, from my other side of the family yeah. for, <laughs> for a week. I, I can understand it for me. The reason, another reason to Brady, I'm like, because we're going to have to hear about how, Oh yeah, you know, he Let cheated go, or man. Ben is better and no, all this. And I'm just true. like, I, I can't deal with that. I, I couldn't deal with that. You mean a lot of seeking comfort? Yes, I couldn't deal with that. I th- I th- if it looked like that, I just couldn't deal with it. A lot of uh, Oklahoma football fans seeking comfort yeah, on the timeline over the last you couple days. You got to be happy about that, huh? I'm thrilled. Yeah, man. Good because you guys are window now. I'm thrilled. Yeah. Man, it couldn't happen to a more deserving fan base. Yeah, man. Oh, so you're saying you're upset because someone wasn't loyal and honoring their commitments. Hey, man. It's like that, baby. It's like that. <laughs> you know, they say you reap what you sow. But they did have a nice switch, though. You think about their past two coaches. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They, you know, I saw this. <laughs> to say, hey. They haven't had a coach leave them for another job. Uh-huh. 1947 was the last time. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. But, yeah, I, I think they're still going to find a good coach. No, though. they'll be all right. Yeah. But I tell you what, they looked like they had it humming going into the SEC. No, seriously. It's yeah. a pretty significant roadblock. You know, Absolutely. all of a sudden. But we'll, well, and I wonder how the quarterback is going to do. Is he going to stay or not? Well, did you see what he tweeted? It was kind of cryptic. I did not. He was like, I just want to say I'd like to thank uh, Lincoln Riley and his wife, whatever her uh-huh. name is, um, and wish them the best. That's all I have to say for now. Yeah, because part of me kind of felt like he's going with them to USC. a lot of recruit commitments yeah. in the last 48 hours. So that's something. I'm like, maybe he's going with them to USC, transfer portal. He got his quarterback because clearly, I mean, they got a nice rapport there. Yeah, Lincoln Riley's going to go to USC for a few years, you know? Take over for Mike McCarthy or something down the line. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. Maybe he'll come, he'll come to us. He'll come to Pittsburgh, you know, next five, seven years, Coach TB, you know, chilling. <laughs> Let's get to some of your guys' reaction. You know everything's on the table. We got a ton of Steelers tweets I'm, I'm here. I'm low-key scared to go to the dot-com, man. I mean, you never know after a loss like that. Lord. Ain't that the truth. Sheesh. Jab tweets us and says, love hearing Motsi go in on that horrible effort put what? forth by some members of the team. Why y'all want me to go in on the guys, man? You know how much it hurts me. Yeah, it does. Because like and that's when you know when Mozi goes in on the effort, <laughs> yes. you know that it's real because it's, it hurts him to do so. I want to pull back the curtain, man. I be feeling like it's extra for me. Like if Wes does this, like okay, it's still media. 
You know what I mean? If a fan does, it's like, oh, it's a fan. But for me, I'm like, dog, I, I didn't been there. I didn't share the locker room. I didn't took coaching from some of these coaches. Yeah, like, it's true. It's just like, it, oh, it hurts a little bit more. But you, like you said, for me to get there, you know it has to be pretty significant. And I'm just I happen to be a little bit tired of the situation, man. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. I mean, I'm tired, period. You know, tired, that's what happens when you, tired, have, a, when you have a six-week-old infant. But I I'm know, bro. Shout out to you, bro. I don't know how you're doing of, it. I'm also tired of the situation. Man. Uh, Brian tweets and says, I thought being hospitalized for kidney stones was painful. The game was even worse. Yikes. Well, geez, Brian, hope all is well, partner. I hope that the stones passed. Yeah, yeah, well, he says, I'm coming to Pittsburgh for the Ravens game next weekend. So uh, it sounds like he's doing all right. He oh, says man. he's confident that we're going to turn the season around. Got to beat the Ravens or Ben's last ride was for naught. Never give up. But no, people are still saying that he's got he's gonna keep playing. I think he's still gonna play. You know? He might like wouldn't surprise me. That's what I'm saying. I, wouldn't surprise me. QB one next year. Yeah. Oh, you know, you know what my favorite tweets were from yesterday. Oh. Look, Ben Roethlisberger is the second best quarterback in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I can't stand those. <laughs> I can't the best quarterback in Pittsburgh plays on Saturdays. I can't stand those people. <laughs> And yes, I said that. I can't either. No, I, I absolutely can't. Like like Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins wouldn't be the best quarterback in college football egg, if they went if they went back. Shoot. They were, but in a real about it. They both were one of the best quarterbacks in college football when they would play. What are we talking about here, man? I don't want to hear about none of this nonsense y'all spewing. Pretty sure Mason Rudolph was a Davey O'Brien best quarterback in college yeah, football. Pretty sure finalist. Haskins record breaking. Pretty yeah. sure Haskins was yeah. a fifth, the fifteenth overall pick in the mm-hmm. draft. That's all I'm saying, bro. Thrash says we need Motsi and uh, Vince Williams to come out of retirement and get this run defense right. Man. There's not a big enough price for Arthur Motes. That's certain. Man, call Vince. Vince, you might you might have a chance <laughs> with Vince. Vince, he's, he's still fresh. It might still be, like, wearing on his mind. I know when I first retired, like, people would say that's how you're supposed to feel. I felt like because I was overdue with my retirement, I never really got that luxury of, man, I want to come back or not. I feel like I was just like, yo, I'm done completely. Yeah, but Vince, so check with Vince. Because Vince actually will. did come back after getting released. Maybe he will. Yeah. Motsi, though, I think he's enjoying life on the other side too much. I can't turn back, bro. I'm having way too much fun. Rod Dollar says, I'm so embarrassed I had to laugh. I actually picked us to win 45 to 20. <laughs> Sheesh. Hey, you ain't the only one, partner. Let's see, at least my score was a little bit closer. I had it as a, We both had him as a pick. Like, you we know, did. Once, yeah, I, 28, 27. Was like, yeah. That's how it played out, right? Yeah. So, so We picked them all right. Yeah. Ooh, it's a pick. Mm-hmm. Calthrop tweets us, and Calthrop usually comes with the flames here. Yes, this is true. Uh, coming into that game with what felt like a plan to throw it all day, honestly, has me more down on Mike Tomlin than anything that transpired. I I, I do think it seemed like that, but again, it's also when you're down double digits within minutes, it's tough to stick with your original game plan. Mm -hmm. Now, I agree that that can be fool's gold because you start throwing the ball to try to get back in the game. All of a sudden, you're stressing your defense because you're not extending drives and you're putting them out there, more, more, more chances for turnovers. Like, I think sometimes you are working against yourself in that. Um, but I don't think the plan well, – even though, hey, Bengals had the fourth-ranked rush defense in the NFL going into yesterday. I certainly don't think anybody thought that Najee Harris was only going to get eight carries, though. Yeah, I think with uh, a couple things that happened, um, us not scoring that touchdown in the red zone, making it 10-3, versus us scoring a touchdown, making it probably 10-7, I think that changed the dynamic because then they turn around and go up 17-3. And at 17-3 – even though you want to run that ball, you're saying to yourself, well, we got to get something going right now before this game gets out of hand. And 
part of me felt like when they did try to actually run the ball, they just weren't having any success. And they going back to what I said, man, you started to feel that, yo, it's slipping. It's 24 to three now. And this is in the second quarter. So you really don't even get a chance to get your legs up under you because of how horrendous the start was offensively and defensively. And, yeah, I mean, by the time you get to the third quarter, where you're like, okay, well, let's come out of the half and reestablish the run. It's like, man, you already down 31-3. to three. Right. You ain't running that ball down 31-3? to three? No. <laughs> Not at all. Like, we can't even get on – like, usually in a game where if I would have said Najee had eight touches, you would assume that Ben threw the ball 60 times. Ben only threw it 41 times, and that was with this game being, I mean, pretty much over in the second quarter. Yeah. <laughs> like, if we be real about it. Yeah. So you would assume that number to be way higher than that. They just couldn't sustain drives. I mean, you look at the time possession, you look at total plays. That was the biggest difference. It was very different than that first matchup where we controlled the clock. We controlled the ball. We moved it up and down the field. We just couldn't execute in the red zone. This was them flat out controlling the clock, dominating the line of scrimmage, possession downs. You look at them on third downs, like, we struggled across the board, man. Yeah. Across the board. Yeah, And, and, and that's why, again, I – it's it's easy to blame one person or just blame the coaching staff or just blame the defense or just blame Ben or just blame the offensive line, whatever you want to do. Um, but I think everyone's culpable. They certainly are. Yeah. And he tweets us and says, defending against and using the run as an offensive weapon is still clearly our kryptonite this season. I agree, Annie. Uh, she wants to know overall how much of what we're seeing is scheme and coaching versus execution and personnel. You touched on that a little bit yeah. at, the, at the start of the show. Uh, for me personally, I think it's more player and personnel related than uh, scheme. When I think of scheme, like I said, I think of just edges of defenses not being set because they don't have an extra defender there. I think of when blitzes are called, them not creating one-on-ones or them being poorly designed. When I think of just, you know, the coaching element, I think of route running, right? play concepts are guys being schemed open are you getting Najee the ball or trying to get him the ball in favorable positions when I watch them I don't feel like those things aren't happening I think what we lack though is the protection up front I think what we lack is the physicality as a whole on our team I also think that we are a bad tackling team that continues to show you can't, up. You can't deny we that we are a this, bad you can't deny that tackling team yeah you just can't there's no other way around it and, and that's it, like you and I talked about. that. Does, I don't care who's injured yeah. in that case. No, you're it's just a bad football, tackling team. It's football 101. The, the two things that would get you beat the fastest in the NFL, mental errors and missed tackles. We've minimized the blown coverages to an extent. We obviously know that that cost us the end of last game, right? But the missed tackles are still there. And why do missed tackles and mental errors get you beat? Well, because first off, a mental error – leads to explosive plays, right? Guys running wide open. That can't happen. Correct. But the missed tackles is the hidden yardage. Instead of it being, you know, you hit a guy for a two-yard gain and it'd be second and eight, no, you missed the tackle, he picks up five. Now it's second and five. Night and day for what you're calling. Night and day for the percentages of you being successful, successfully defending these plays. That happens too much, not just with running backs, with wide receivers as well. That's the other thing. If it was just, okay, when a running back gets the ball, we're missing the tackles, cool, but we miss tackles on wide receivers. We're just a bad tackling team right now. First level, second level, third level. Yeah. And that's not good. Not good. Mm-mm. Steeler Nation 920, our resident Wisconsin member of Steeler Nation. This week hurt me more than the Green Bay game. Watching them play with no heart destroyed me, especially against the Bengals. Better them than the Browns. <laughs> but not my way of life. I think we need to bring back 
Todd Haley. Can't take it anymore. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? Uh, <laughs> Jonathan tweets us motes and says, I went back on your YouTube channel, watched a video of you analyzing Devin Bush's rookie season. He was flying around then compared mm-hmm. to now. What's going on? Do you see the lack of effort? What is it? Uh, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. It, it, the it, effort it is isn't a- there. The athletic ability the physicality isn't there the confidence isn't there and we know that that's a huge part mm-hmm. of all this i think he's not seeing the field speed well. isn't there like to me i think he, it, i think it's less about the physical attributes more about in between the ears man i think that he's not seeing what he's supposed to see part of that can be from film study part of that can just be from the lack of reps but it's hard to use that as a crutch when in terms of the lack of reps part when you've played in how many games this season and a significant amount of snaps in those games. Eventually, you got to start making notes on yourself. After every practice, you make notes of yourself, what you did good, what you did bad. End of the week, you check to see, okay, have I repeated these these issues? Compare and contrast that with when you watch yourself on game tape. And you say, okay, the errors that I made on Monday and Wednesday, did I make those same mistakes on Sunday? And then whatever mistakes you made on Sunday – Will you make a note to yourself all throughout that following week that, hey, I'm not going to be caught on camera doing any of these again? And that's how you proceed, and that's how you improve, and that's how you become the player that you're fully capable of becoming. But right now when I watch Devin, it's the same mistakes, same stuff being made from earlier in the season, from training camp. I mean, some of the stuff you can even say pre-ACL he's still dealing with, coverage-related. Like the the it's not as if like I said when we watch him if it was one of those things where I just felt like he was physically limited, man I'm not gonna be mentioning his name I'm not gonna talk about him in terms of the expectations for him because I would say yo he's physically not capable of it because of the injury right but when you watch him on tape that is not the case that's not what's standing out we don't watch him and he misses a play and we're like man that's because of the ACL oh uh, he's just a half tap step oh, too slow man, to keep you know, up with that he guy. can't break down the way he needs that's yeah. not the case you're watching this on tape and you're like bro some of this stuff you're really questioning is it effort is it you know a desire thing is it just he hasn't studied enough like those are questions you don't want surrounding you absolutely and it's hard not to when you cut on a play and you can see him change speed multiple times in one play. And some people say, well, what do you mean by that? What I mean is this. Okay, if a ball is five yards away from you, he looks like he's running fast. If the ball is seven yards away on that same play, he will dial it down a little bit, almost to a jog. Then when he notices that, okay, that guy didn't make the play, now he speeds up again. Well, at the NFL level, we call that a loaf because we say if you're changing speeds on tape, that means you're not playing to your full potential, especially we're not talking when you're going through your reads because there's a difference between ball snap, you're going through your reads, and the play is defined, and now we're just talking about your pursuit. Those are the things that I'm referring to where you literally will see him burst. He thinks a guy has a tackle, slows it down. Now the guy doesn't make tackle. Now he tries to speed it up again. And it's just like, yo, those are the things that hold you back because you can't account for when that missed tackle is going to be. You can't account for when that ball is going to pop out. You can't account for when it's going to be a tip, and we need you to get that interception. But you're a half step slow because you you weren't fully engaged. But, yeah, we put it on the ACL, on the ACL, on the ACL. Oh, it's the recovery. It's the recovery. And it's like, that's not recovery related. No. 
that's not ACL related. And again, Moats and I, a lot of people have accused <laughs> us of being Devin Bush apologists all the way back to the summer. So you know when we're both on the same page of this, it's you, you can't run and hide from it anymore. Because I think, it, again, if it was... If it was if it was Devin Bush struggling to run down the field mm-hmm. with an athletic tight end like David and Joku, we're saying, man, dude, he's just too good of athlete. He's lost yeah, a half, don't have half that step like with that. that knee injury. Like mm-hmm. things like that, there might be some some connection there, some correlation. But everything that Moats just laid out, none of that has to do with injury. And like I said, I hate to do it because part of me I can see where it's like, yo, you still are good enough. Like I don't say turn the page on you. I did think that they needed to switch you out with Spillane just to send a message to you. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a kill shot. It wasn't a, hey, we're never coming back to you. I more so wanted it to be we do this to light a see fire under respond. you and yeah. now you respond accordingly. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. You didn't respond in a manner in which we felt like, man, okay, he's fired up. He's ready to show why he's the 10th overall selection. Right. No, it was a lot more of the status quo. And that can't happen because the status quo from him isn't good enough right now. Especially the day after Michigan finally beat Ohio State. Finally I mean, you th- thought that well, young man would be Well, maybe he was resting on his laurels. Maybe, you know, maybe it was the hangover. Uh, maybe I was going to say maybe, Tw- he had 24 little, hour rule. maybe he had a little too much fun on Saturday. 24-hour rule, man. Maybe nah, he- nah, we ain't starting that rumor. No, <laughs> no. Because you know what? That would be another excuse. Listen, that's why, that's why he struggled. It was partying too hard. No, we ain't putting that out there. No, 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 no. We ain't putting that out there. My favorite was it would have been 2010 World Cup. Mm. Spain won. Mm -hmm. And like two days after they won the final, Rafael Nadal had like one of the worst performances of his career. (laughs) And they asked him about it in the postgame. He's like, yeah, sorry, I was celebrating the World Cup too hard the last 48 hours. (laughs) 100% agree. Yep, but we're not putting that on D. We're not putting that we're on D. Uh-uh. We're not putting that on D. Bush. All right, because we just we beat Ohio State yeah. for the first time in a decade. That, that didn't to celebrate. The World Cup. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Co tweets us and says receivers look uh, receivers look terrible. Looks like our wide receivers are getting worse, not better, except for Deontay Johnson. I like his game a lot right now, man. And he also says, whose performances do you think you got? Did you guys think were really below the line? Call them out. I feel like we've done that today. Yeah, we call them out. Who the, wasn't below the right. line? And the reason for me why I'm not a big believer in pointing fingers because at the end of the day, these guys are watching the same tape. They watch it more than I watch it. These coaches watch it more than I watch it. They know who they are. You know what I mean? And for us, if we create it, then it becomes more of a distraction. It's more of a, okay, witch hunt type things. And now individual players who – we don't know their dynamic. We don't know how they're going to respond to it. You put them in a bad position. Whereas for me, I look at it like we bring them up in conversation. If the name comes up, the name comes up. But the coaching staff is going to dictate and really be able to hit home with those guys and ultimately motivate them the way that they need to be motivated. Because like we said, not everybody can handle the public call out. Not everybody can handle the social media where everybody goes at somebody. Not everybody is built that way. And it's not a right or wrong thing, but for me – I just said to myself as a former player, I would never be a part of that because I've seen how it affects my teammates. We 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 criticize the performance, yeah. but not the person. Right. And but that's again, why I don't, I'm not, oh, man, it's this, this, yeah. this, this guy. See, like, yo, like we said, you. Yeah, we, we say names, though. In, in moments like these where everyone's struggling, where everyone's kind of looking around, where do we go, now what, you need your best players to be your best players. Is that it's, so? Yeah. It's more, it's, it's. More important to have your A players play at an A level than it is to have your C plus players play at a B minus level. I would agree. 
So like Motsi was talking about earlier, your playmakers, your all pros, your future Hall of Famers. Those are the guys that got to step up. Those are the guys that have to shine in, in difficult times like this, and everybody else will fall in line and follow suit, I think, and play off of that. R. Bracey. What up, cousin? What's happening? Are we officially in rebuild mode? Has the bully become the bullied? No one fears our defense. No one has to do a lot of prep for our offense. No, We're not officially in rebuild mode. At least if by we, you mean the Steelers. Because that's just not something that they're going to yeah. do, especially in season. Yeah, but in terms of being the bully, uh, we we looking real Debo-like. And not at the beginning of the movie. It's kind of like at the end of the movie where he got back up with his eye. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see, though. We'll see. We'll see. You so know it was what? the next Friday. We'll see what we do like the next Friday. Maybe we bully somebody else. You know what? In a weird way, there's 17 games in the NFL season, right? Mm-hmm. There's six left. So if you do the math, mm-hmm. that is, again, it's not perfect now with the with the odd amount of games. There's still about a third of the season left. We got time. I think a lot of a lot of guys, it's time to I'm pulling out a pulling out an old showism here oh, that we hey used now. to use all the time. It's time to sing for your supper, man. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying we gotta look up and the Steelers have to finish four and two or anything like that, but Let's look up and feel a lot better than we are right now and at least not question effort and desire mm-hmm. and physicality. Is that I fair? I would agree. We don't ask for much. We don't ask for much. Irie says, I thought week three versus the Bengals was horrible. I had no idea. Tomlin not going for it after the two-minute warning shows he also had no hope in that game. Same with the three and outs with the Claypool drops. It's it, listen. It's it's frustrating. It is. There's a whole lot not to like there. TC tweets us and says, uh, "You're never going to stop the run consistently. Only lining up true uh, two defensive linemen. We tried using only two defensive linemen short yardage situations. How are you going to stop the run with only two true defensive linemen when you're going up against six offensive linemen in a tight end? Here's how. You're not. <laughs> Puck you." Ah, he's usually tweeting me about the Penguins. Chimes in with some Steelers thoughts here. The solution is to improve talent. Whoever's responsible is at fault. Like, in the short term, I agree with that. But this is also, we've had this conversation before. If you want to crush Colbert and Tomlin right now, you better have been giving them a lot of credit. I was thinking the same thing. Because man. those are those are the two that are chief most responsible in the scouting process. Mm-hmm. And that's why it always drives me crazy when people say, well, look at all the talent that Mike Tomlin has and he hasn't done enough with it. you got to give him credit in, in procuring that talent. Mm-hmm. Okay? And look, Kevin Colbert has had, what, one losing season in 20 years? Yeah. Drafting, remember, mind you, 24 and a half. That's mm-hmm. the average draft selection position of Kevin Colbert. That means in the average year, 24 or 25 teams are picking ahead of him. Yep. So I agree that the talent right now on the Steelers isn't where we would like it to be, just in the pure Jimmy's and Joe's perspective. But guess what? When you haven't had a losing season since before we had smartphones, I mean, they, they, they glossed over that for a long time. Mm-hmm. They were able to find the Cam Haywards and the TJ Watts and the Antonio Browns and the Lev Bells and obviously having a franchise Hall of Fame quarterback helped. But eventually you can only I mean you can only do that for so long realistically. Mm-hmm. Now if your solution if your concern is that it's going to be harder for them to find talent if they continue to draft in the middle of the draft, there's a different conversation, right. but we ain't got time for that now cuz we only got like 3 minutes. And we don't work overtime, especially on a post-holiday weekend and a non-victory Monday. 
<sighs> Julie, our resident Canadian yinzer. <laughs> Bush is getting progressively worse. Ben looked like he was in cement. I've decided this year is not happening for us. We have no run defense. She spells defense with a C. That's how you know she's Canadian. Oh, man. Lamar's going to have 200 yards this weekend. But we might not have to tank on purpose because we stink. Truly, other than tough. other than that, how was the play? Yeah. Oddly enough, though, I'm not as concerned with Lamar though. But we'll really? get to that. We'll we'll get to that because it's just different. It's it's a different style. Julie also adds, we have tons of cap space to spend next season. Spend uh, a lot of talent in free agency. Draft a young quarterback, uh, or hopefully get a good or great veteran quarterback if Ben retires. That would be ideal. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Irie says, I still believe. Even after that terrible loss. Maybe, it, maybe it'll be like 2005 all over again. Write them off and surprise Ooh. the world. Who knows what the inconsistent AFC. It'd be like the Bucks last year, right? Bucks were 7-5 and five at one point yeah, last year. Yeah, they got smashed by the Saints last year. Yeah. If we fancy ourselves like that roster. <sighs> Oklahoma Zone tweets us and says, Matt Canada to OU, book it. <laughs> <laughs> Steel City Champs tweets us and says, <laughs> I thought about not Y'all even listening wild. to SNR, but I love listening to you guys. I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. No, I feel you on that, man. Moats and I said this at one and three, though, and I'll repeat it again. Anybody can be a fan when things – anyone can root for Oklahoma over the, yep. last, over the last 10, 15 years when things are going well. Anyone can root for the Steelers of the Ben Roethlisberger era. Yep. Now's when your now's when your medal as a fan really gets tested. We we shall see. You, and that's not telling me that I'm not saying don't be angry. I'm not saying don't criticize. None of that stuff. Can't but, jump ship though. But you can't jump ship. You still got to show up. Can't jump ship. That's what we don't do here in Pittsburgh. That's what we don't do here in Pittsburgh. Exactly. The standard is the standard, even for you fans. Jason says, uh, embarrassing and disappointing performance. All three phases by the Steelers. Um, the hope that was raised by the near comeback win versus the Chargers has faded rather quickly. Can it be fixed? I hope so. Yes, black and gold forever. I mean, it can be fixed, fixed relatively, but you got to win. Yeah. As we said, win is the cure, and we haven't done that for a couple of weeks now. So yeah, you got to win out here this weekend though against a division opponent like the Ravens. I think we all will be singing a different tune. We'll all feel a little bit more optimistic, especially with the Ravens being the one seed in the AFC right now. Like. The gap is is not as wide it's as we as, as we think. As, yeah, we just are very flawed. That's all. Yep. Uh, okay, a couple quick ones here as we bounce. G. Rob seems like too many issues to fix this season. I hope to be proven wrong, but I'm not holding my breath. Clint tweets us and says maybe the Steelers can't stop the running games because they are going against the Steelers' run game in practice. <laughs> oh man, there's like a real like Chip hey, Kelly offensive like organ right example there. Yeah. there. Um. Do, 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 do. TJ tweets us and says, feels like every other team schemes against our weaknesses while we're just trying to do the same things over and over. I think some of that might be personnel related, though, Mozi. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, it's hard to take advantage of somebody's weakness when, you know, if, if a team has bad pass defense, well, we can't take advantage because we can't pass protect good enough just yet. Oh, yeah. Last one, Wallace tweets us and says, seems like Devin Bush just lost the will for combat for whatever reason. And you know what? If that would have been the first few games, I think you can point to the knee. I would agree. But at this point, 
It is what it is, unfortunately. And what it is? What, what do we say all the time, man? Not good. We don't have to, you don't have to tell us who you are. The tape going to tell us who you are. The tape shows us who you are. And especially at this stage in the season, we know who you are right now. Got to step it up, though, man. Here's the, here's the one to go out on. Julie says, never jump ship, just being realistic. Steelers forever. That's where you got to be. I like it. Motsi, where we will be is back on Wednesday. I like that. I'm looking forward to it as well, man. No it's show be a tomorrow. Good time, man. Mike Tomlin at noon, of course. That will be interesting. Make it's sure you're tuning in uh, right here at noon to hear everything Coach T has to say uh, on the backs of that performance yesterday. And, of course, looking ahead to another big divisional game against the Baltimore Ravens. Big shout out to my co host, Arthur Motes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Bing bong. <laughs> Pleasure as always. Uh, and big thanks to everybody, as always, on Twitter. We love you guys. We are thankful for you guys. And we will get through this together. Talk the ends on Wednesday. High noon is the time, and you already know the place. It's on your 24-7. Helm of the Black and Gold. Steelers Nation Radio.